Hey everybody, this is the One Foot Down Podcast. I am your host, Joshua Voles, Site Manager, Emperor, Supreme Warlord, and Defender of the Faith. And uh, just want to take a few moments tonight, a little late after I got the kids put into bed, and um, and sit down and have a little chat. Uh, <clears throat> it's been a while since, I, since I've uh, did my shitty recording. Uh, <laughs> as you will always notice, it is a much less uh, higher quality. It, that's not even the right phrase. Uh, it's it's a shitty recording compared to Wes and Martin. So <laughs> we'll just put it that way. But uh, welcome to the podcast. Uh, I really I got a kind of a narrow narrow subject tonight, and uh, you know it, it probably won't be the easiest thing for for some of y'all to uh, to listen to. Um, it, I mean, I, I don't think I'm going to be calling anybody out per se, but I can see some people getting offended and some people getting, you know, kind of worked up over it. Um, if you already tell, we're we're diving deep here a little bit just from the title of it. Um, you know, the burden of history, and uh, a place like Notre Dame, it, it, it's it's what you have. You have a, just a ton of history, and when you have won as many national titles as Notre Dame, when you've had as many Heisman Trophy winners, uh, when you've basically been the, you know, the program for college football for, you know, a hundred years or whatever, depending on your spectrum there, but you know, they're the program, Dallas Cowboys, New York Yankees. It's, it is what it is. And that's not to toot the horn. That's just saying, I mean, that's just, I mean, you know, it's just to say what it is. I mean, because of that, people hate Notre Dame. And that's, you know, that's fine. It comes with the territory. But you also have a very, very diverse set of fans as well. Um, you know, the, you can look, to, you know, just south of Notre Dame to like Purdue. And you can pretty much narrow down what type of person a Purdue fan is just off of that. Whereas, you know, a school like Notre Dame, it's, there's a lot more different boxes that are being checked off with the different types of fans that that Notre Dame has. So because of that, there are way more internal arguments uh, between, you know, among fans about what should be, what can be, what will be, uh, what has been, how it's perceived, take it as you will. They're gonna, there's, there's internal fighting always, and that's okay. I, I think we make far too much of it uh, as a fan base upon what, you know, like, what side you're on. Are you a BK lover? Are you a BK hater? Are you run the damn ball? Are you, you know, abandon all ye hope and <laughs> air raid? You know. Stuff like that. I think, you know, a traditional model, there's a whole lot of nonsense like that really goes into all of it. And, and I say nonsense, and I don't really, I guess I really don't even mean it, because it's not nonsense, you know, it means something to everybody. So I'm giving this little preamble here because, there, there are, like I said, there are some things I'm going to say here that are going to really piss a few people off, I'm certain. And, you know, I want to say I'm sorry, but I'm not, because this is what, I feel, and this is what I think. Um, so, but, but I mean no ill will by it, by any means of the, um, 
you know, at all. So, yes, the burden of history. And, you know, I'm 40 years old. So I'm not going to sit here and talk about Eric Parsegian's teams, Rockney, Leahy, all that to me, you know, is basically ancient history. Um, it's just, it's not applicable. <laughs> I'm not going to say, <laughs> excuse me, but I'm, uh, I got jacked in the mouth today by my uh, toddler and uh, it's <laughs> he can pack a punch. So I got a little bit of a fat lip. Uh, but anyways, you know, all that old stuff doesn't really apply to the new stuff of today. I mean, so much of it doesn't. If it did, Notre Dame would be winning a lot more, all right? But it just doesn't. <laughs> so I think I can move past all that. But I will, you know, I'm, I'm going to bring it up in a, in a way to, to try to show you my point here. All right, so Notre Dame's history over the last 30 years, what is it? You know, 30 years ago, 1988. You know, the, it's a, that's a long time for a program to go without winning a national title. A long time for a blue blood, blue, see, I'm doing it again. A blue blood program to go without winning a national title. And within those 30 years, I mean, how many times have we even been in, you know, the hunt for a national title? Now, full disclosure, here at One Foot Down, we fully recognize all 22 of Notre Dame's national championships. If you don't know what that means, then I will explain it to you right now very quickly. There is a great article that I wrote. I'll do the hone on there. It's basically about Notre Dame's national champion, championships. And they, Notre Dame claims 11. And within that article, it's, it, it shows how, you know, what Alabama did. Their athletic director, or excuse me, not their athletic director, their sports information director, basically just reached back in time and turned non-championship seasons into championship seasons. Okay? A year that Alabama finished 20th in the AP poll was deemed a national championship year because of somebody said that they were number one. That's basically like Notre Dame claiming a national championship in 2012 because the Massey Index, which I may get to later again, still had Notre Dame number one after they got throttled by Alabama. All right? That's how blatant and how horrible some of these titles that Alabama claims. Now, with Notre Dame, what they have is they have a small plaque uh, located either inside the locker room or somewhere around there. I have not seen it personally. I have not physically stood in front of it, got on my knees, done the sign of the cross, looked up to the sky, and thanked God for it. I have not. I do plan on it at some point. But there is a, I've tweeted out pictures of it before. There's a small plaque, and it lists Notre Dame's 10 co national championships now every school in the country and i'm talking every school in the country will count a co-national championship as a national championship and by co i mean that that's there is some media outlet and with notre dame they're a little more stricter than than most but there there's a media outlet or something along those lines that had deemed them as 
you know, the champions that year or share of the champion championship. So there's 10 of them. And, and in our case right now, in the 30 years that we're talking about, Lou Holtz won a national title in 1988. No questions about it. But according to our plaque, there is also a title in 1989 and in 1993. And the great paradox with those two is that even the biggest hater can say no he, he can they can say no way to only one of them because the argument for the one goes against the other. And you know, of course, we're talking about you know Miami in 89 and Florida State in 93. So but Notre Dame counts them as co-championships, co and, th and I think they should. So uh, the sad part is, is that it's not celebrated as. You know, it, it, Lou Holtz actually won three national titles. We all say he was robbed of two, at least one, maybe two, and that's the robbed, quote-unquote, I'm throwing up some massive air quotes here, was 89 and 93. And like I said, you can't argue for one without accepting the other within those arguments. So anyway, so that's what I mean by at one foot down, we recognize 21 because I count the co-championships. Everybody else in the country counts theirs. Michigan counts their crap, their crap ass half national championship in 97. I'm going to count ours. And I think we should. So I, so that's what I mean by that. I'm sure if you've uh, been a reader since I've took over at One Foot Down, you've noticed it in articles and comments. But that, if you have it, that's what, that, that's what that's all about. So within these 30 years, that meaty part of the Lou Holtz area, era was incredible. I mean, it, it really was. You know, you can even throw 87 in, even with the Cotton Bowl loss, but you know, 88, 89, you know, all the way through the 93. I mean, those are some meaty years, a lot of wins in the running for national titles, huge upset losses, bone crushing. I mean, I was 15 in 93. So, you know, a couple of the upsets, you know, in the early 90s that went against this, you know, I'm, I'm a young, I'm a, just a young man, you know, at, you know, age 12, 13. And, I remember how much it affected me. It was crushing that whole week afterwards. I mean, just fucking brutal. And, you know, that it was because of the expectations and, you know, what the could-haves and should-haves, you know, throughout all that time. And so that era, you know, with Lou Holtz is, you know, has been deemed saint-worthy you know, basically by, by fans. And because of the lack of participation in being truly competitive with the elite for over 30 years, or for 30 years, I, 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 excuse me, 25 years for the most part, you know, it, you look back on that time frame and everything gets even rosier. Even the rosiest, shiniest moments get that much better. Every player is legendary and it, it, it's the last real celebration. So when you're talking about the great times at Notre Dame, when you're talking about great times, you got to talk about national championships. And so 
that's the last one. So that's constantly the thing that gets brought up. And I'm here to say, you know, I'm, I'm fucking sick of it. I, I mean, I really am sick of it. I've, I've had this, this thought and this feeling for, you know, probably at least six, seven years. And I'm just, I'm really tired of it, man. I, I really hate talking about the Lou Holtz era anymore. It's, it's so overplayed and so overemphasized that any meaning that it has is lost on me anymore because I'm just so freaking over it. And it, and what bother, I mean, what bothers me even more perhaps is the fact that that's not how the fan base feels. The fan base fuels it up even more every year. It's stoked up. Now, I love going back and watching old games, man. I In the offseason, I will hunt. You know, Jude uh, has a, had, a, had a great spreadsheet YouTube list about basically every Notre Dame game on YouTube. And you go to that, man, and you could just you could spend some time. You know, go right down memory lane. But what I'm saying is, is that I'm just done with it, man. It's so ridiculous to keep talking about it and keep hoisting it up. You know, always looking back, never looking forward. And constantly making these sweeping comparisons as if the game of college football is the same in 1990 as it is in 2018. It's just not. I mean, everything about it, it really has bothered me massively. And, you know, I thought in 2012, I thought, finally, you know, we can get get this national title and put all this shit behind us. I am so over talking about, you know, Lou Holtz. And, and I, like I said, I mean, no disrespect to, to Coach Holtz, to fans, to People that cover them. I mean, Lisa Kelly writes on the site, and eighty percent about what she writes about boils back to that era. She went, she was at school at Notre Dame in that, during that time. She writes books on it. I mean, it, that's that's her thing. And I, look, and I just don't, I mean, no disrespect at all to her or anybody else. You know, that's that's the thing. I personally am just completely over it. Done. That era means too much to people now, I believe, than it needs to be, than it should be. And and that's Notre Dame's own fault. That's Brian Kelly's fault. It's Bob Davies' fault. It's Charlie Weiss's fault. You know, you, you have to be able to put the past behind you, but you can't put it behind you when you keep digging your own grave. You know, you're looking up. And I just feel that this program absolutely has to shake free from the shackles of that era to truly move forward. And I, I say that, and it's ironic, they're 12-0 and and going to the playoffs. But I'm, that's why I'm saying it. That's how important the, this set of playoffs is. People can say whatever they want. They can put them down as much as they want, say they don't belong in the playoffs, and that, you know, 
Alabama's one of the, you know one of the best teams that ever had, and all this fucking nonsense. It look they got it. This is their shot. It's a this isn't like waiting for someone or hoping for something or any of that shit. They actually get to go play this damn thing out. And I'm telling you, if they fucking win, holy crap. There's no other national championship that Notre Dame has that has been through a tougher route than this one. It's just not. Now you go ahead, throw those regular season matchups at me from whatever season you want to do it. I don't I don't care. It, it, it doesn't matter. 12 games, 12 wins. Oh, and by the way, so if they do win the national title, they need to be 14 and 0. And the two games they have, the last two games they have to do that are away from home and against the best teams in the country with this playoff. If they win the national title, this will be Notre Dame's greatest national title ever in history, period. It, is, it will be. I mean, I don't know how anyone could deny that. You go, go rosy gold all you want about 1988. And anything else that went on in that regular season. But shit, man, they got to play Clemson, the number two ranked team in the country, right off the jump. You know, if this was was the BCS era, we wouldn't even be playing for the fucking national championship. If this was before the BCS era, we'd be playing, hope you know, and just hoping for voters. We'd have to, you know, get some style points in a bowl game and hope for somebody to lose, you know, and there's just no way on that. So th- I mean, this is great. But if they do this, this is all them. This is the best national championship team Notre Dame's ever had. Because of what they have to do to win it at the end. And I, I, you know, I, I can't say enough how much this program needs it. Everybody knows it. You know, and, you may be sitting there right now and, and kind of rolling your eyes or, or you know, thinking I'm, you know, stupid or an asshole or whatever it is, you know, because I'm kind of crashing on the Lou Holtz party here. But you fucking know it, too. You need this, too. You need to be able to move on from what was into what is and what can be. I mean, otherwise, what's the point of watching the games anymore? So can they do it? I it's a, you know I just said it'd be the t- I don't know. You know you hope they can, you wish that they can. You know yet yeah, you get this gut feeling like man I th- I think they can. But we won't know until you know toe meets leather. It's it. Look. <laughs> the Lou Holtz era is become is, is so big now that it is mythical. And it, you know, it's fitting for a place at, like a Notre Dame. You know, the, the legends, the myths, you know, all that all that stuff that they love selling you, and you love hearing about it, and I love hearing about it. You know, it 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 all comes together. But People forget in myth the truths. You know, 
they forget about the end of the Holtz era, about just how rough it really was. They forget that such a huge part of the fan base wanted him thrown out. They forget all, you know, of that of that stuff. You know, of all the there were plenty of negatives and plenty of things that that went on that in if that was going on in this day and age, you know, with social media and all that, man, it, it'd be pretty well documented. You know, what I mean? it, it'd be a, a much bigger thing 25 years from now than it is now. You know, the Holtz era is funny because, and, and I, I see this in a, in a funny way where Take the uniforms, for example. People lose their mind over uniforms. And, you know, the jerseys, the colors, you know, all that stuff. People lose their damn minds. And it's fun. You know, it's fun. I have a great time with it. I have very strong opinions about it. But at the end of the day, it is what it is. Time moves on. You know, there's certain things that I like. There's certain things I don't like. But what kills me isn't the opinions of what is liked and what isn't liked. It's the statements that are made by people like just like the just the blue jerseys themselves. All right. Uh, well, let's take it back. Look, everything. So many Notre Dame fans, and I mean so many, base everything they know off of the tradition of Notre Dame, <coughs> excuse me, off of the Lou Holtz era. You know, Holtz was a traditional coach. He had a traditional style. And I think because of that, the things that went on during his reign were deemed as tradition themselves when they weren't tradition per se they were just traditional with you know and when you're there for the time span that he was and you got a title under your belt that's gonna happen but it kills me just like so well we're there's cotton bowl jerseys are coming out you know and there's some discussion about what they were going to be like. And it wasn't that I was shocked that people were like freaking out like, oh, they should just be blue and gold and blah, blah, blah. It wasn't that opinion. It was, that's tradition. That's how it's supposed to be. It's always, it's always been. It's the fact that these people were pretty damn old. You know, you can see what a person looks like in a profile pic on Facebook. It's not hard to, and by the way, they how they comment. You can tell like the age of a person, you know, I'm 40 and these people are way older than me. And I think what happened was the television era remade Notre Dame history in a way, you know, it wasn't like, I mean, Notre Dame was on television, you know, let's not get it twisted. Obviously that's how, you know, with this, with this large fan base we have across the country and with, you know, the Subway alums and all that shit. I mean, 
it's been on TV. They've been on TV. People know what they are. But once it started hitting really hard in the you know late 80s, rolling in the 90s, and then the NBC contract, it was like 1990 was set in stone and was supposed to be set in stone forever as far as you know as far as some of these people's opinions are about how the university is supposed to be you know in terms of their football traditions and all that and there are plenty of traditions with Notre Dame football but some things just aren't traditions they're just what's been done or what you know, just like the field, you know, people will act like that the, the the stripes in the end zones. I mean, I'm just so shocked and I shouldn't be. I've been doing this such a long time. But I'm just so shocked when people firmly believe that that's been there forever. And, you know, if, if you're listening to this, I know that you know that that's not the case. You know, Holston. That era just had such a traditional look, traditional look and feel and the way they played. It was all so blue collar and throwback and, and you know, very white and conservative. I mean, it, it just, it, it was just what that, what it was. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with that at all. I mean, that's just the way, the way it was. But when people start believing that that's the way it should always be, it's when you get problems. And because of that, they always look back to that, that point in time. Like people today looking back to the 50s as in like this great time to be alive in America. You know, and, you know, they forget things like, you know, segregation in the South and stuff like that. But, you know, that's, that's what kind of what I'm getting at. I'm just tired of it. I'm tired of hearing anything about it. Anytime the 88, and I, and look, it was great. I was 10 years old. It was an awesome time. My dad fell off of a ladder. You know, we, we moved to Ohio that day, January 1st, 1989. You know, I think my dad was outside. I can't, I don't know exactly what he was doing in our house, but we, we had the TV on, we're watching the game. He, he kind of, you know, he didn't fall and break anything, you know, he just, he was watching the game while he was on the ladder and, you know, slipped and damn near broke his neck. But, you know, I was, I was 10 years old. Like I said, the 1993 season, I was 15. You know how much stuff you have going on when you're 15? A lot. And Notre Dame football still meant a ton to me. You know, the game of football meant a ton to me at 15. But I was still 15. I had a billion other things going on as well. It didn't wrap me up. I wasn't, you know, immersed in it daily, unfortunately, like I am now. So I'm just, I'm just, I'm sick of it, man. And if you think I'm sick of it, I I know that these players, and, and I'm not just talking about, you know, that space and time, but. You know, you get to be a senior, a junior and senior there at Notre Dame, and you've heard it enough times. You've seen it enough times. You've you've read about it enough times, about the history there. I mean, it, it was part of, you know, the recruiting pitch to you. 
and you you ate it up. Because, man, that's cool as hell. This place is a winning place. But when things aren't going so great, they start to grind on you. You know, why isn't it like this now? Why are we losing? And that, you know, that has an effect, you know, on players. But, you know, I won't, I'm not really going to speak for them as much as I am the fans. But, and for us, it, it, it's just daunting. You know, the, this season was a ton of fun. Last season was a ton of fun. You know, 2012, I remember that whole season, I just kept waiting for the shoe to drop. You know, and I wasn't doing, you know, I was obviously blogging and, and writing about Notre Dame football, but I wasn't doing it nearly as professionally as I, what I'm attempting to do now. But, you know, it, it, that season just wore on you. All the little things, you know, the, the close, close wins, the frustrating offense, the, it, it just kind of gnawed at you. And, I, I really don't remember, you know, I think the Oklahoma game, you know, after that game, you, you had this joyous sense of destiny lying ahead for that team. You know, I didn't really catch it so much before that. But, I mean, throughout that whole season, you just kept waiting for that bad thing to happen. Because so much of it has happened in that stretch between, you know, 88 and 93 up, to, up till that point. It was difficult to enjoy that season. As weird as that sounds, it really was. And it really wasn't until that, you know, that weird night in November when all of a sudden Notre Dame is the number one team in the country. And that you thought, hell man, this here we go. And, you know, that's a lot of chunk of season. And I think this year felt like that in a way. But somehow I was able to, to have, find more joy in this year than 2012. But you always have, but that 2012 season and that championship game gets brought up because the weight of history is on us. It is, and that's not even remotely close to what it's, put on on this coaching staff, Brian Kelly in particular, and these players. But we keep bringing up Lou Holtz, Era, Frank. I mean, it just keeps happening. We keep skipping Divine. <laughs> and I'm just, I guess I'm just, I'm tired of it. I'm done with it. I feel that it has little value anymore. It was a, Awesome placeholder for 25 years to keep looking back on that on those on the on that just meaty stretch. But now it needs to happen a new stretch. That it's you don't want to say it's now or never time, but it feels like it's now or never time. And that's a pretty rough thing to say when you know exactly what's stacked up against them. You know, with Clemson, Bama, Oklahoma in these playoffs, that's it's going to be rough. And and for, and for me to sit here and say it's now or never, and then you're looking at that, it's like, fuck, well, it might as well be never then because this is going to be you know, a rough ride. 
it just it just feels that way. So I mean, at some point, I just I'm ready to move. I am ready for the fan base. I'm I'm I've moved past it. I I damn near refuse practically to write anything about the whole era. It's just what has what hasn't been written about it. What is new and interesting about about that? That's like. It's like constantly writing about the same battle in, you know, in World War II. You know, the Battle of the Bulge was an amazing World War II battle. You know, plenty of But if, if you're, if that's the only part of World War II that you're talking about, for, <laughs> it, it, get, it gets to be a little much. You kind of want to move on a little bit. Maybe that wasn't the right analogy. I don't know, but I guess that's, I'm just just sitting here sharing my thoughts, telling you about how sick and tired I am of hearing about, you know, that time frame. I'm so ready to talk about now. I'm ready for 20 years from now, someone bitching up and down about how every other day they got to talk about the Brian Kelly era and how incredibly interesting it was and up and down and his ability to overcome everything and win a national title, the best national title in Notre Dame history and the legend of Ian Book and this great running back Dexter Williams and man, how does he stack up against... I mean, I, I'm ready for that kind of conversation to happen 20 years from now. <laughs> I just am. It's just too much. You know, if this program was like, I don't know, Iowa, you know, this season would just be all about this season. But it's never all about the season they're in. It's always about all the seasons before them. And that's part of what makes Notre Dame special. But it's also, you know, it's a blessing and a curse. But I'm just bored with it now. And I just, I, you know, I was thinking about that yesterday and then today. And I thought, you know, we're going to sit down and, and probably piss a few people off. Because, I mean, I, I'm just infuriated by the amount of fans that just, the constantness of that time frame. And, and look, don't, don't pin the, I'm not pinning this on any certain websites or certain people or message boards or anything like that. This is a general sweeping view of the entire fan base. Take it for what you will. But it's just, it's it's time to move move on. And I know, no, I mean, I'm like yelling into the abyss here. But don't you feel that? Don't you feel that way that you're just, you're, you're done. You're so done. You need to be done. We're talking about 1988 and 1989 and 1993. There's no way you can keep going on another 10 or 15 years talking about that every season. You know, at least the old timers, they got more to talk about. I mean, I, I don't talk about things that I didn't experience so much and I'm a big history buff, but for me to, 
to, for me to sit there and write about any kind of comparisons or, you know, you could, I could write a straight up history basically, you know, with era and Frank and, and honestly, I think Frank Leahy, you know, is the most, never gets enough credit for what he did. You know, he, even within Notre Dame, you know, it's always Rockney first and, you know, and, and then Frank, and then you kind of see a trend moving more towards, you know, it, to me, it feels like Rockney era in a lot of people's eyes because they give Rockney that number one status and it, duh. But, you know, I, but, you know, I'm not going to sit there and go on and on about, about it all. You know, you read some stuff about Frank Leahy and, and you just, you fall in love with him from a distance, you know, the way he was, how the game just was so ingrained to his soul and his emotional being, you know, telling players that, you know, they're going to go to hell basically if they fumble the football and, and they need to pray. And I mean, just everything about Frank Leahy, so much about Frank Leahy, it's just so fascinating. But we don't talk about that because why would we? It wasn't the last thing, wasn't the last bit of greatness we've known. You always reach back to that last bit, thinking that there's still a drop there that you can pull from to make you feel better, make you feel warm and cozy on a cold night. That's what that Holtz era basically is. It's a comfort blanket for people. You know, it's their whoopee. And I just, I'm ready to throw my whoopee into the fire. And not in a, you know, not in a mean way or, you know, just, it's time to move on. You know, but the problem is to, to truly move on, you have to be able to move forward. And and until Notre Dame wins a national title, that's just not going to be the case. With all of the the flaws and the faults that Brian Kelly has and how public it all is. You know, he's never going to be able to escape that shadow anyways. You know, he could win a national title this year and win another one two years from now. And he'll always play second fiddle, always to Lulz. And there's genuine, re- I mean, there's good reasons for that. I mean, I'm not, mad at somebody that believes that I get it but there's just there's such a, a cloud of a fog throughout the fan base about that whole era and it just sticks around and I just I can't deal with it anymore it, I, <laughs> you know and I like I said you know I mean don't I keep I, I keep repeating this because you know I run into players from that 88 team, from the early 90s. I mean, you talk to these guys. Great people. Great players. I mean, on fucking legendary teams and legendary games. And their legend is, whoo, through the roof. You know, anymore. But that's because there's nothing else to replace it with. So... I don't know if any of that 40 minutes made much sense to you guys or not. It was really just more of a two-minute conversation I had with myself that I thought I'd share. But 
Think about that. Think about that a little bit leading up to Clemson. Think about how bad you want this. You know, this isn't a pep talk. There's nothing you can do that's going to help her team beat Clemson and then beat the winner of Oklahoma, Alabama. But think about what this means to you. Think about what this will mean for the program. Think about the future as the future and not the future relegated by or dominated by the past. That's all I'm really saying here. The weight of history has been on this team, on this program, for a very long time. How could it not? And the great teams have been able to overcome. And even some really great teams didn't. It's a fickle thing. So keep on celebrating what you're going to celebrate, but know what you're getting into these next couple weeks. This could be the moment. This could be this could be what we're talking about 30 years from now. This could be what I'm complaining about 30 years from now. Why are we talking about Miles Boykin catching that winning touchdown against Clemson? Why am I talking about Ian Book sneaking it in from the one against Alabama to, for the title? Why am I talking about the great defensive plays that that Khalid Kareem had? I just, I can make up some shit left and right. But this program needs it. And I think the fan base absolutely needs it. It's like a fucking cleanse. You know, you got to purge some of this from your system to help you enjoy football again. The problem with the past sometimes, you know, is that you just, you hold on to it so much that you just think that that's all that there is. And it's not. So I know this was a little incoherent. I probably need to stop now. So I will. Um, <laughs> Thanks for stopping by. I have no idea what Wes and Martin's schedule is. Uh, if they plan on doing what kind of podcast they plan on doing leading up to the closing game, um, all or any of that noise. Um, I'm going to try to string together some podcasts um, coming up. We do have National Signing Day. Uh, the early periods um, on was it the 19th? It's a Wednesday. Um, Coming up, and we'll have that covered from top to bottom. Uh, it should be another another huge day for Notre Dame. It was last year. Um, they got 22 commits right now. Uh, you know, you're, as with the count on the preferred walk-ons, and you know they're all planned on signing. So it's it's going to be a big day. It's a bigger day than than signing day itself. The regular signing day of February. Although that was a hell of a sign. That's strange. I didn't know I said I was going to go, but just still thinking about that, how strange that was. It was so many of these guys signed in December and you're leading up into, into February and it kind of seems a little boring 
And then you start, there's these names that start getting floated around. What's, there's just a handful. And then, you know, Notre Dame never does well on National Signing Day anyways. They, they just don't. You know, their hat's on the table for, because it's a good hat. It's a good hat to have on a table for a kid. And so, you know, the cast, they look like they're playing second and third fiddle. And then last year's signing day was a lot different than that. You know, had some big wins, big, big wins. You know, not just one, you know, like Teow and but like, you know, had some big deal moments there. But anyways, so we're gonna be, you know, that so signing day is coming up. It's important. We're gonna be covering it. Uh basketball season is is underway and moving along. And that's a little rough to watch, <laughs> but uh, we are covering that. Um, Pat Sullivan's really, really uh, doing a great job um, as the lead basketball editor here for, for One Foot Down and uh, kind of putting all this stuff together. Um, but uh, so stay tuned. And uh, I, I promise, I swear to God, I won't have another ridiculous podcast about hating on <laughs> Uh, on uh, the 88 team or anything like that. And like I said, please don't take it personally or take it as a pot shot. I don't mean any ill will by it at all. I'm just saying, I'm just, I'm tired. I'm ready to move on. And with that, we'll send you out. Have a good one. Go Irish.